The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Time right now, 816. You're listening to WGNS again on this Wednesday morning, today, the 1st of June, and in studio with us from the Murfreesboro Police Department, we have Lieutenant Clayton Williams, and we also have Chief Gerald with us today, and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, all in studio today. How are y'all doing? Good Scott. morning. Doing good. You made it in. That's we made it. it. We did. We fought the traffic. Number one. Got yeah. here. <laughs> So is it is the traffic that bad when you're out there working the street and you know working patrol and all that? What what's the situation like? Because I know it's bad for just regular old motorists. Yeah, I think we got a little reprieve this week with the holiday. I think a lot of people are on vacation, but um, yeah, we we feel those same pains too because a lot of our peak times for calls, even for non-emergency calls, is during those um, high points. You know, in the morning commute, in the afternoon commute, in the evening when people are coming home. Um, so we feel that same, uh, uh, I guess, pressure that everybody else does. It's just, you know, you kind of have to be patient and uh, hopefully know if you know some alternative routes and some workarounds, uh, that helps too. But I think a lot of people have started to learn that as well. So uh, ways and other innovations with GPS and things like that kind of help people out. And But the main thing is uh, just take your time and, and there's no need to get upset about it leave a little earlier because it's you know you just can't change it you know it seemed like the memorial day weekend was a little calmer than in years past it didn't seem like as many folks were out what what was it like as far as were there a lot of arrests dui arrests public intoxication what what did y'all see well uh, we you know we've had a couple of campaigns going on during that time we were doing uh, click it or ticket uh, uh, promotion that runs through the end of this week actually you know to try to be out there and uh, prevent some of the traffic accidents and traffic issues uh, doing through targeted enforcements. Um, we have seen, you know, I think uh, what we learned after last week, I don't want to say it was a compared to different years quieter or slower, I'm not sure, but uh, we did see a little uptick in some uh, uh, vehicle burglaries, and we kind of anticipated that with school being out because a lot of that is occurs among juveniles and uh, some of those age uh, folks um, but yeah it, it was relatively a nice weekend maybe the hopefully that maybe some of that beautiful weather had everybody kind of uh, calm down and enjoying that and i know the vehicle break-ins that's been kind of an ongoing problem in yeah. recent months but i know there was one case where somebody used a uh, check card or debit card they stole in sumner county at a kroger store did that ever pan out as far as figuring out who that was who used that card i don't know if we have a suspect on that yet but we do find in these cases um that a lot of them are connected to other agencies in middle tennessee uh, i know uh, we've linked some people that obviously back to nashville but hendersonville uh, Sumner County, Wilson County. Um, it's some of those folks are actually on the move. You know, they're not your your typical local uh, uh, high school kid who's just looking to grab something quick. You know, those do occur. Uh, same way with some of the shoplifting rings and things like that that you see, they intentionally go around and look for those opportunities. Um, but we do have regular contact uh, with the detectives and investigators in those agencies, and we're consistently sharing information with them and them with us to try to develop any leads that we can to bring some of these folks to justice and a lot of times even though it doesn't get 
uh, big media attention, we are able to make arrests in those cases. Um, and a lot of times, though, they're they seem more frequent, and there there are a lot of them. But the actual theft themselves may be of smaller misdemeanor amounts, so it may just not get the notoriety. But yes, we're always. Uh, working with our partner agencies to try to prevent and bring some of these folks to justice. So when these people are going in and, and burglarizing vehicles and then they're, let's say, shoplifting, what is the amount that they have to steal or the amount they have to vandalize in order for that to become, a, I guess, a felony? Well, it's comp- statutorily in dealing with uh, these um, vendors, if you will, sometimes that makes little bit of a difference you know if they're unwilling to prosecute uh, and help out uh, on their end it makes it very tough uh, to get these into court uh, and get something done about them uh, the felony limit it's over uh, 1500 uh, for to be classified as felony for theft um, and it you know it has to be something that's done right then if it's something that's an ongoing thing if we can put a case together we may be able to do that and uh, take that maybe to a grand jury, but most of the time we're talking misdemeanor amounts because um, a lot of times uh, these folks know that on the front end. They know where the line is. So some of the larger stores out there that have you know a loss prevention worker, and I don't know if it's one that bounces around between Rutherford County and Davidson County or what, but when they have a loss prevention worker, does that typically mean they're more inclined to press charges or what? what are you seeing from these retailers? It just varies between uh, owner to owner. You know, they all have their own different policies. Uh, some of them are very vigilant, <clears throat> and some of them are very aggressive about prosecuting cases. And they hire their own security, and they invest a lot of money in their camera systems and and security and theft prevention measures. Um, and they're very good to work with. Um, and then others, that's just not a priority for them. Um, a lot of it has to do with liability. Uh, some of it has to do with um, branding image i guess if you will um various reasons but that's a decision that those guys make and their policies that they have i i'm sure there's studies on it but i I wonder how expensive it is to actually prosecute somebody for that store versus just letting it go which is what it seems like a lot of stores do yeah uh we've seen that uh, in a a, a very one specific retailer that don't have to mention who they are but just the the actual cost of the product that they're losing, um, as you say, even though the retail price may seem significant, uh, the actual cost and the value of that they—it's basically a business decision, as you say. The way out is it worth us going through this trouble to try to recoup this? Um, which is sad uh, because you know we don't—that encourages that kind of crime, and, and we have seen that where those um, businesses get repeat. Uh, I guess you'd say re- uh, repeat violators uh, trying to do that because they know that. Uh, and we're always willing and, and encouraging to help uh, no matter what the value amount is to help prosecute those cases because it is something that it breeds other other issues just like that. So we don't want to see anything go uh, unjustly dealt with uh, in the community. And uh, we're always, no matter what the dollar amount is, willing to help with that. Again, our guest this morning from the Murfreesboro Police Department and uh, talking a little bit about shoplifting and auto burglaries. And uh, I don't know, which one is a bigger problem? Would it be the auto burglaries or would it be shoplifting in Rutherford County? I don't know if we've compared those two numbers directly. (laughs) You know, um, I think 
sheer volume wise, I would say probably if we had to pick one thing uh, that we see the most of is the auto burglaries, just because of the amount of unlocked cars and uh, times that gets. You see a lot more images of uh, the shoplifting just because, as we talked about before, a lot of these um, stores have very good video systems, surveillance, so they're able to capture those images and put them out to try to get people to look for these folks and look for them. Um, I mean, they're both, you know, both crimes, and and we both see them as that, and we both take them very serious. We take them both very seriously. Um, I think the reason why we harp on the uh, auto burglary so much is just because we see uh, predominantly those happening from unlocked vehicles, and it's something that we feel like that could be curtailed quite a bit if uh, folks would lock their vehicles up. I know uh, Larry Flowers sends out a lot of uh, photos of that are, I guess, captured on surveillance video of people either leaving the scene of a shoplifting case or, you know, leaving the scene of where a burglary took place. And I guess a lot of the burglaries, those are captured on home video. Yeah. Um, Larry, what kind of quality of pictures are you seeing here? Really, it depends on the business and what type of system that they have. I mean, some we have crystal clear video, others it's awful and you can't even recognize uh, who the person is. So it really uh, would, um, you know, be good if these businesses would invest in quality cameras. I mean, they're cheap now. You can buy them online for, you know, a couple of hundred bucks and still have good quality. And uh, that's when you see, you know, speaking of the home break-ins or home, not home break-ins, but the uh, car break-ins, uh, a lot of people have the ring doorbell cameras and other cameras, surveillance cameras on their homes, and that, that video is great. So these businesses, you know, um, you know, if they would like to help catch these people, I think they need to invest, uh, you know, in better surveillance systems. I, I sometimes see the pictures and I think, what's what's the point of even having a security camera if that's the quality of picture you get? Right. But typically, you know, there is, you know, if somebody's walking, there may be a mannerism or their gait or something that somebody may recognize. So even though the picture may not be crystal clear or the video may not be crystal clear, we're hoping that there's some identifying factor where somebody out there that knows this person would, you know, call and turn him in or she in. Have there been any recent arrests in any of the, you know, stories that you've talked about lately over the past couple of months? Not really. Our detectives, um, you know, are working hard behind the scenes trying to, you know, capture, you know, these crooks that are out here, you know, committing these crimes, you know, again, from the, uh, the vehicle break-ins to, you know, our shoplifting suspects to, you know, our rock burglar, which was, uh, you know, fairly big. And, you know, like we said last time we were here, you know, this person, he will hit one night, multiple places, and then he will disappear, you know, and not hit our city for a month or so, but will probably hit, you know, Shelbyville, now, it, Murfreesboro, Mount Juliet, you know, Nashville, Smyrna. And that's the case where the guy's throwing a rock through the glass door of the business, going yeah. in and, and stealing whatever, I guess, cash, cash. is there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Typically just goes directly to the cash register, you know, uh, will open the cash register, takes what whatever is there, and and move on to the next uh, to the next business. And, you know, by the time the burglar alarm sounds, you know, you typically, you know, if you estimate the time that you would get a call if your burglar alarm went off at home that's two minutes or more before you know police 
are called because typically the alarm company will try to reach the key holder or the homeowner first and then that time has elapsed and then by the time they call our dispatch center and our officers get there the person is long gone so that's the challenge we're having and at one point Murfreesboro police were saying that it's suspected that he broke into what 30 plus different businesses it was at least 35 since November mm -hmm. of 2021 in Murfreesboro alone in Murfreesboro alone and then outside of Murfreesboro I know you're working with other departments you said Bedford County was one of the areas yeah Bedford County Smyrna uh, Mount Juliet and uh, Metro Nashville any and idea on how much loot this guy's gotten away with how much money he's actually been able to take in I don't know if they've. I don't know if we actually tabulated a dollar amount of those. Um, I don't know that we got that information. Uh, plus, some since it's cash, a lot of times um, it's an estimated amount from the person uh, that's uh, providing the information. So, it's it, as Larry said. This part, you know, a lot of times uh, we're able to develop leads uh, because most people who commit crimes are mobile via via car. Um, you know, this person uh, obviously is using a car to get somewhere but uh so far it's just been d difficult to develop any significant um, trackable information you know this he's <laughs> very calculated he thinks about this a lot and has obviously put a lot of effort into <laughs> trying not get caught so um it's uh it, we take it very seriously and we definitely are putting <laughs> all the resources that we can to it it's just uh we just haven't got that little crack yet in the case that we need to to Put this one to bed I, I can't picture businesses leaving that much cash you know behind at, right. at the close of business so i i mean I, i've got to wonder is he getting away with what two hundred dollars each time a hundred who knows yeah, it, it couldn't be that much most people yeah most people just leave enough to do change the next day you know it's not they'll make their bank runs or at least uh typically so um it's yeah it's it's bizarre uh, and maybe that's just the frequency maybe trying to do enough to get you know enough cash just to get through but in in cases like this where let's say over a year he gets away with stealing i don't know twenty thirty thousand dollars the courts are not going to look very kindly on that because he broke into 30 plus businesses to do that and so you're talking about a lot of different victims right and could be multiple jurisdictions um so that'll be you know when we get that person that'll be an interesting case to see exactly how uh that'll be prosecuted because i i can't imagine having to go to to prison for you know five or ten years or longer yeah. for these petty break-ins yeah it uh you know just the and the bad part you know not just the cash but you know if the businesses actually own the buildings and the or the the leaser you know uh those glass windows aren't cheap either and uh it's a they have to deal with that part of the damage uh, and clean that up for the next day and impedes their business. So it's it's definitely one that, uh, like I said, we've got a keen eye on and, and we would love to put this one <clears throat> away. Uh, and if anybody has any information, uh, we'll take it. Any leads, anything that you see uh, that uh, feel like could be helpful in that, please give us a call. Uh, you can call 849-2637 or our dispatch center 615-893-1311. Um, do we have a specific detective assignment? Sure. Uh, Robert Jamerson, um, his direct number is 629-201-5581. And in this particular case, Crime Stoppers is offering up to a $1,000 reward uh, for information leading to an arrest. So, you know, you can reach that number at 615-893-STOP. That's 7867. You can also download the P3 mobile uh, Intel app and uh, 
choose the Murfreesboro Police Department and you can make anonymous uh, tips that way as well. Have y'all ever come across a case where somebody breaks into like 30 plus different businesses similar to this? Because it seems like most business break-ins, it's usually, you know, kind of random and you're in and out and they don't think much about it. But this seems very calculated. I don't know the recent time that we've had one comparable to this, uh, this kind of serial occurrence. It's almost as if the person is doing it for the thrill of it. That or, you know, even could be a situation where, you know, there's been thoughts about maybe he's <clears throat> has connections to people that work in some of these businesses and happens to know this or, you know, uh, knows how their alarm is, is functioning, you know, things. It, it could be a myriad of things, but, yeah, it's, it, does, it definitely is not something that's random. Uh, it, it's something that's very calculated and, and plotted out um, because um, – He's been able to avoid capture, and not only in our jurisdiction and all the other jurisdictions. So, it's a <clears throat> it's a combined team effort at this point, just trying to uh, see if we can find this. Way. So, in in most cases where there's a, a business break in of some sort, or even somebody burglarizes a house, are you seeing the burglars tied to an addiction that's driving them, or is it more, you know, they're they're literally just trying to get money to make a living of some kind even though that's not really the best way to make a living yeah i think it probably varies um i don't think that we're seeing one particular driving factor uh that is consistent among uh these theft cases um you know like for example the 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 vehicle burglaries uh, a lot of those are crimes of opportunity in there amongst young people because um, it's easy for them to walk up to a car with a door unlocked in, at night and just grab something some change or an electronic device or a phone and unfortunately sometimes firearm uh, something that they can either just keep because they want it or that they can try to sell or trade off or something else so um, but again uh, these others uh, they're just uh, same way with the retail burger you know we see a lot of times um, not burger the retail shop living some of these high dollar tools uh, those are very marketable. Um, they're very easy to find folks that have a need for that. And uh, with the advent of things like Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, um, ways to put those out there um, to get direct buyers. And seemingly, sometimes they may even go be part of a third party by that time. Maybe the person who's got the tool isn't the criminal, you know, and, and so unbeknownst to the buyer um, that it's a stolen item. So. I know some of these companies have gotten better about being able to register their products and serial numbers uh, to where, you know, to try to help uh, cut down on some of that because they understand what it is. And a lot of the retailers are changing how some of those things are merchandised and how they're arranged in the store, trying to make those less accessible. So, When it comes to vehicle break-ins, do you find that sometimes the folks who are breaking into different cars and trucks are ones who are maybe teenagers who live in the subdivision where it's happening, or are they usually from other areas? Uh, maybe outside of Murfreesboro? I think both. Um, I think there's obviously times when it's people in their own neighborhood, but sometimes uh, we believe we'll see some of these uh, teens go from their neighborhood to a you know an adjoining or across the street or down the street away. Um, and then we've also had um, issues where, like I talked about earlier, the ones that do this who aren't local, um, 
who will you know particularly find places close to the interstate uh, they'll find a vehicle uh, that they think something's in it so they'll even go as far as smash a window grab it jump back on the interstate and, and move down to the next exit and, and just continue that so it, it varies um, different kinds of motives unfortunately now we've seen some reports where whoever was breaking into a car they broke the window out didn't get away with anything because there's nothing there to steal does mm -hmm. that happen often we don't see the glass breaking and get something unless you know uh, typically it is where there's like a purse or a, a bag or a laptop or something that they see like man that's something high dollar value um not saying it doesn't happen but most people if they're going to go through that kind of trouble there's going to be something that they're they're wanting there uh, most of the like i said most of the time it's unlocked cars uh, but we do have the occasional break a window to grab something if i can add yeah. scott out of um i think it was 80 plus um car break-ins from march 1st and in every single case every door was unlocked not one window was smashed and um I think about 16 uh, firearms were stolen out of those out of those uh, vehicles. So typically, these car burglars are literally going checking doors. If your car is locked, they move on to the next car, and so that's why it's so important that you know these um, uh, vehicle owners you know lock their vehicles at night. And and you know we've been trying to push out the you know our 9 p.m. routine where we encourage people at 9 o'clock to go back out and check your car lock your doors remove your valuables remove your firearms and and you know uh, of course lock the doors and take the keys and uh, I think that's important to note that not one single window was smashed every single car was unlocked it's just wild to think that many guns are left in cars mm -hmm. that are unlocked I mean it's yeah. One thing to leave your car unlocked, but to leave a, a gun in there and yeah. leave the car unlocked, it just seems really dumb. Yeah. yeah. But it, it happens because I know in Nashville, the majority of stolen guns came from cars that were unlocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you just think about population numbers alone and how if it's happening here and, and there exponentially, how much more that can be. And I'm gonna, I am gonna need to correct something I said earlier on that you <laughs> talked about felony theft. I had car crashes on my mind when I said 1500 I'm sorry, it's $500 is the threshold where that moves from misdemeanor to felony. Uh, 1500 is where if you have a crash that you have to Clayton. have to report it. Is 1000? Yeah. See, look there. Changes every second. It's a, <laughs> it's a team effort. It's a team effort. Yeah. But, uh, but it, so the the amount that somebody would have to steal in order for it to turn from a misdemeanor to a felony would be 1000 plus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that you know that happens at shoplifting cases I guess too. Even though that's we've, that's we've a seen, lot of stuff. you know, if you've got the folks that are bold enough, they go in there and they fill up a shopping cart full of tools. I mean, you could get there, uh, but most of the stuff that you're going to carry in hand is that might be a little tough. It, you know, it, it's always wild when you hear about people who literally fill up a shopping cart at somewhere like Walmart or TJ Maxx or or Home Depot, mm -hmm. but they literally fill up shopping carts and try to walk right out the store. Yeah, we had that case at Sam's uh, several months back, uh, where the they literally had a cart and they were trying to get out the door and you know this is an example of kind of what we talked about retailers sometimes they don't uh want to risk uh the issue that the, there was a lady at the front that was trying to stop as an employee trying to, and he just kind of pushed her out of the way with the cart and she pushed to the ground and was injured i mean minor but still um a lot of these retailers have to think about the safety of their employees sam's of all places you know because yeah. you, they, you have to they check the receipt badge, in, badge out right yeah. Yeah. yeah and in that case um 
he was trying to go through the exit. So that's why she was trying to stop him. She wasn't stopping him because she thought he was stealing. She was letting him know, hey, this is the, not the exit, but the entrance. Uh -huh. Okay. So he was trying to leave out of the entrance. And so therefore she was trying to say, hey, you need to leave through the exit. And he runs her over with the card. They're, they're serious about enter and exit just not the shoplifting yet <laughs> i don't know if it'd been brought there. if they she was aware she wasn't read in yet but she was uh, she was doing a good thing trying to right trying to but now at places like the walmarts the home depots where they're not checking the receipts as people are walking out folks are well are they actually getting away with stealing a, a whole shoplifting cart of stuff is there i guess in their mind they're thinking well if i can just casually walk out they won't notice me at all um, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't want to call out or, or, you know, business practice. I mean, it's, they have their policies and their procedures. And I mean, uh, it's sad, but yes, we have seen some, like some of those situations happen where um, maybe somebody's asked them to stop. Once they don't, they just don't pursue it anymore. Um, and by the time that, <clears throat> excuse me, by the time we get there, they're already gone. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, I've been in, a lot of these big department stores when they're really busy i i could see where somebody would think well i could just walk right out and they probably won't notice and I, I bet it happens yeah but it if it does happen i guess they well, do they go back do they review security footage from day to day just to see if they've missed anything you know i don't know if they if that's part of their loss prevention policy or not um i think the ones that are actively monitoring it it's a lot like uh, any other training you know uh, there's like you mentioned the random let me run in here and grab something and run out might not be uh, something that's picked up but what they see over time is people that typically commit these crimes are certain behaviors and certain things that they're looking for um, that are kind of like hey this person's suspicious that's not normal because <clears throat> you and I we go into Walmart or Kroger and kind of got a list we're going or you know trying to hopefully not buy something your wife told you not to and, you know going down and methodically kind of doing your thing whereas a criminal you know they're they're looking for what they can grab or have an idea what they want and thinking about not getting caught at the same time which excuse me influences some behavior so sometimes it's hard to uh, disguise that I guess because it is out of place of what the normal shopper is doing and I guess the, the normal shopper doesn't notice you know joe smith who's in there shoplifting because they're good at doing what right. they're doing uh but they do have a, a lot of the times these loss prevention workers who i guess their job is to blend in and, and watch yeah um they do and then like i said some of the better ones that we encounter um, have invested heavily in their surveillance um, and their camera feeds are, are really really good so they can monitor a lot more area inside the store uh, from that than they can uh, walking around you know so uh, and I'm sure they do a hybrid of both again Murphy's Roll Police in studio with us today we're going to take a short break and then we will be right back you're tuned in to WGNS and again Lieutenant Williams with us today Chief Gerald and Larry Flowers all in studio from the Murphy's Roll Police Department we will be right back time again 843 Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door 
If you're interested in our catering, you can go to DemasesRestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants, go to DemasesRestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Rutherford County Schools are hosting a career fair on Friday morning, June 3rd, between 9 and 11. Some of the jobs include custodian positions, education assistants, special ed, nutrition, bookkeepers, teachers, and more. For positions in K through 8th grade, go to Stewart's Creek Middle School on June 3rd. For high school positions, visit Stewart's Creek High School on June 3rd. Find the job that's right for you. Both job fairs are Friday morning, June 3rd from 9 to 11. Visit rcschools.net. Hey fellas, still need your annual health exam? I personally recommend Low T Center to get your complete health assessment where they check all your levels. It's typically completely covered by most health insurance and if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and an office visit with their medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health, making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hi, I'm Larry Castelli, and I love living at Adams Place. You have an exercise class in balance that is more aerobic, get your heart rate up and so forth. Then you have only stretch and balance. You don't feel cramped. You have a nice campus and you have uh, green spaces. Well, I think it's a good place to live. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Mostly sunny skies this afternoon, a high in the low 90s. Then for tonight, a slight chance for showers and storms here late, mostly cloudy and a low near 69. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69. Good morning. Cleanup continues on this crash from earlier on Thompson Lane at Broad Street. Had traffic uh, backed up pretty good in both directions earlier on Thompson Lane again at Broad Street. Traffic still heavy, but it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you continue towards Nashville. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, it's home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out today at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. I'm Storm 5 meteorologist Bree Smith. You want to hear what my favorite weather sounds like? Calm. But calm doesn't always happen in Murfreesboro, does it? Murfreesboro and Rutherford County have seen more than their fair share of severe weather. So when storms roll in, I want you to be ready to feel safe. Let the Storm 5 weather team protect you and your family. Murfreesboro, you're always on our radar. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. News time right now, 847. You're tuned in to WGNS. Murfreesboro Police in studio with us this morning talking about some of the different issues that are impacting Murfreesboro. Now, I know at the start of the show, we mentioned... Uh, you know, Memorial Day weekend, were there 
increases in DUI arrest? Were there increases in uh, domestic violence? What what you said there were some increases in some things, but we did. You know, the the, the thing that probably peaked the most that we saw uh, just numbers wise was an increase in vehicle burglaries. Um, everything else just kind of status quo, if you will. Um, and again, just probably liking that to. Uh, people being out of school um and that's typically the folks that are a lot of times linked to those crimes so um we also and you talked about do you i know we uh our our task force and uh, larry we were with task force involved in that in that last week of school campaign the one they did in the with the uh, ticket blitz or was that just us uh it was just us with the uh the school zone gotcha we kind of wanted to send everybody with a good reminder out that uh, school zone safety spent uh, a lot of time and resources and uh, issued several citations for people speeding and using their phones in school zones. Um, so that's something that's a priority for us, and hopefully folks will remember that and we'll be ready to start that up again, uh, same thing, as soon as schools start back in the fall. Now, whenever these special blitzes occur, like click it or ticket or sobriety checkpoints, they usually involve the highway patrol. And uh, with that, I, I guess special funding comes through the Department of Safety and then funnels down to Murfreesboro Police, Sheriff's Office, whoever's involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're 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 partner with the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, which is it's a grant funded project uh, through federal funds that gets in the states. Each uh, can participate if they want, um, and they provide grant money to pay for <clears throat> the time invested to officers to go out and do that enforcement. So, and and as uh, Larry was talking about, sometimes we partner with those agencies directly um sometimes it's something that's just uh murfreesboro local but if it's a checkpoint for like a, a dui or driver's license checkpoint that would be something that would be done with highway patrol and, and also the rutherford county sheriff's office in smyrna and laverne also help with us sometimes and and take part in those now i know in years past this gave officers a chance to make a little more money because it offered them overtime in mm -hmm. order to work these extra patrols uh, which again were funded through federal dollars then down to the state is that what still occurs it's basically overtime for those who want to be involved in it right <clears throat> those extras uh, it is paid overtime that doesn't it's not a direct cost to the city the money is funded through uh, the tennessee highway safety office and sometimes also they'll they'll do grant uh part of it will be for manpower hours and another part of it will be for like equipment so sometimes like we can buy uh, new radar units if we need those replaced or a speed trailer some of those uh, things that are related to traffic enforcement activities um, so yes we're a proponent of that and uh, a lot of that funding is based on need and obviously rutherford county we've seen our fair share of uh, uh, traffic issues and fatalities and so we're committed to that and we uh, really are thankful for those opportunities and that funding that comes to help us do those things. I believe it was about a year ago, speaking of funding, the city of Murfreesboro approved body cameras for the Murfreesboro Police Department. Have y'all gotten any body cameras yet, or are you still looking at different vendors? We are really close. Um, so we've been testing with three different vendors over the past three months. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we get uh, the best product out there. Um, that'll meet the needs uh, with a, a reasonable price tag and something that'll serve us long into the future. Um, you know, body cams have been around for a while now and uh, just like with any kind of early adopter technology, sometimes some companies, they may not make it, they may, they may not last, um, or there may be improvements that come along the way. So, um, 
yes, we the, the council and and the city with leadership was on board with that to approve the funding, and now we're just in the last moments of deciding which uh, vendor we're going to go with, um, and then as soon as that's done, uh, it'll get final approval, and then we'll start rolling those out, and all of our officers will have those uh, on. So officers are excited about it. Um, you know, it's not anything that we're concerned about. The people are going to you know be shocked to see you know it's just uh, people doing their normal business and it also helps protect the officers and uh, so that there is an account of really what happened on scenes um, and we see it as a useful tool and I think it will be something that'll help move us down the road. One of the big issues with it is file storage of the actual videos that are taken whenever an yeah. officer is on patrol. How are you going to go about storing that much footage because you're talking about 24 hours a day and, and how many officers? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of storage. It is, and, and it's not cheap. Um, but that's been part of the process to decide how best to manage that. Um, and we're uh, looking at doing a cloud-based solution. Uh, to where it's something that is uh, maintained in not necessarily a physical server at, at our room that where things have to be if something breaks per se. Um, but that technology again, it, it, it when you first started hearing uh, about the cloud, you know a lot of people are like, "What's this cloud? Where does this stuff go?" You know, it's and, over uh, Murfreesboro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, over time, uh, through. Uh, different companies have increased the security of that to where it's even compliant with some of the federal government regulations on keeping that data so we feel like that technology now has been uh, trusted enough and, and proved itself that that's going to be the best solution and then we're also going to look at how um, we categorize these events to where if it's something that obviously needs to be held for a, a longer period of time if it's more important we'll do such but if it's something where say an officer just was testing his camera that day before he went on shift and it's just a recording of him testing his camera we would want that to you know move off quite a bit sooner so that we try to manage that better because the more stuff you have to store just as you mentioned the more expensive it gets so will the cameras automatically turn on when an officer gets out of a car or how will that work um, they're configurable to some of those there's a, a couple different options for how they can be triggered um, you know, we've had cars and cam cameras in cars uh, for, you know, 20 years plus now. Um, and we kind of have regular, it's basically encounters with the public. Um, you know, we, we encourage, want those to be used. It'll be the same way with the body camera. There'll be some pre-configured uh, situations to where they'll automatically come on. And then they'll also be able to manually turn them on uh, maybe when they're just, you know, walk up on somebody and there's not something that necessarily uh, alerts that camera but just so they can push a button and turn it on again murphy's world police in studio with us this morning another question i know we asked this a while back but it's been a pretty good while uh, the patrol motorcycle officers is that are we ever going to see motorcycles on the road again in murphy's I know there's a lot of bikes on the road. I'm talking about <laughs> Murphy's Bro Police motorcycles. Chief Bowen always makes me recuse myself on this question. <laughs> I'll, let I'll let Chief Gerald mention that. I don't anticipate seeing them anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, because with that, I guess you have obviously mm -hmm. higher insurance costs related to the motorcycle officers versus a regular patrol. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll goodness, I think uh, last time I remember when uh, Chief Bowen was here, it, we've taken that, we still have that function of, of traffic enforcement available. We've just kind of came up with a different conveyance to do that. And as you know, we had some people get uh, uh, hurt very seriously um, and just really kind of had to reconcile that cost uh, of the risk versus the reward. And uh, I think that decision was made just uh, at that time for safety. And right now we've been able to continue those traffic enforcement uh, goals and initiatives through those folks being in vehicles. And um, not saying, I mean, I don't think anytime the doors ever close, but right now the need just hasn't presented itself enough to, to bring that back. Are other departments, I know some are still using motorcycles, but what what are you seeing? I mean, among other departments, that you hear about in Tennessee, how many are actually using motorcycles? I don't know the number. You still have several. Um, you know, THP still utilizes that resource now. Uh, and I'll say this with most of them that I know, a lot of them are doing a hybrid situation where uh, in, when, when we were here, the guys on motorcycle patrol, that was their everyday conveyance unless there's, you know, you know, bad weather. Um, so that increased exposure. A lot of the other agencies like Highway Patrol, Hendersonville, um, they um, have both car and motors. And so when they're actually going to be out doing some enforcement, just strategic for that, not going to be uh, driving emergency traffic across town per se or long distances, uh, they would use that. So it, it is a good tool. I mean, uh, no doubt about it. Um, it it's, it's just you kind of have to decide um, – what's the best for your agency at the time and, and how much that need presents itself versus the risk because it's just you know even if you do everything right uh, someone in a car hits you and you're on a motorcycle um, there's significant risk associated with that and you just kind of have to weigh those options but it is still a tool that's used uh, knoxville memphis metro nashville um, so they're still around uh, we got about a, a minute and a half left so as we close this morning is there anything we left out or any cases that are open right now that, uh, you know, police are currently investigating? I'll let Larry oh. talk about some upcoming events just to let Yeah, let coming up this uh, Friday or June 3rd from 1 to 4, um, we have our Buckle Up Borough uh, program going on. That's a child safety seat checkpoint. It's going to take place in the front parking lot of the police department located at uh, 1004 North Highland. That's from 1 to 4 on Friday, June 3rd. And uh, we're hosting a summer class of our Teen Citizens Police Academy. We just opened registration yesterday. There are 20 slots available, so they're going to go pretty fast. That's going to be from July 18th through the 22nd. That's going to be a condensed class, a one-week class from 1 to 5 p.m. Uh, this summer. So uh, just visit um, our webpage, www.murfreesboro.tn.gov forward slash police to register. Sounds good. Anything else going on, or is that pretty much wrap it up? You know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. For uh, Larry does a really good job about putting out anything that's going on at the moment and uh, or things that we're looking for help with. So um, we just appreciate the community support and, and follow us on that. Sounds good. Time right now, 9 o'clock. Again, in studio with us this morning has been Chief Gerald and also Lieutenant Bowen. Or, I'm sorry, Clayton Williams. <laughs> you got demoted. Oh, man. Uh, Foreshadowing. Larry Flowers out. as well. <laughs> Stay with us. More news coming up, including CBS, which is next. Next.